throughout this challenging letter, we need to remember what matters most. What really, really matters is that we have been called by God to be in Christ Jesus, and that in Him, despite our feelings, we have been made perfect because of Jesus. I can't help but turn to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. It's just a, it expresses this most beautifully. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. And in these verses, Paul unpacks the, the most wonderful blessing that is ours through Jesus Christ. It's the source of our praise. It's the source of our obedience of God, chosen to be holy. That's what set these Corinthians apart. It's what sets us apart. God irresistibly draws us to himself before the foundation of this world. It's not because you deserved it. God chose you in Christ. There's a sense in which you're not free. After all, God chose you. It's not the other way around. However, you do have a will. You do have a choice. There is clearly recognized in Scripture See, apart from God, your will is just captivated by sin, but you are able to choose God because God has made that choice possible. In John chapter 3, 16, it tells us that everyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So you do have a responsibility. However, the Bible is just as clear that no one receives Jesus Christ as Savior who has not been chosen by God. Romans 8, 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he, that, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. 1 Peter 1, verse 2. You who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood, Grace and peace be yours in abundance. And the two statements of, of being chosen by God on one hand and, and being personally responsible on the other seem like complete contradictions. And just down through church history, there's been much debate. There's been many attempts to try and bring these things together. The result has always been some form of compromise of one truth in favor of the other. So I think that we must somehow find a way of living with the attention and with the mystery of all of this. You must take your responsibility seriously, and yet at the same time, not undermine God's sovereign election in choosing and calling you. Charles Spurgeon has described what it might be like for us as we approach the gates of heaven. He says, we'll see a large sign ahead that says, come whosoever will. And then as we pass through the gates and look over our shoulder, we'll see the back of that sign, which reads, chosen before the foundation of this world. D.L. Moody says, 
I am so glad that God chose me before I was born because I don't think he would have chosen me if I, after I lived. See, Paul loved, Paul loved that he was called by God, that he was chosen by God because he loved where it led. He's so excited about the total security that comes from being loved by God before we had any say in the matter. He was thrilled with the prospect of being made perfect and free from all blame. Knowing that you're chosen by God brings security. It should encourage holiness, not, not careless living. See, when Satan, when Satan comes to put doubts in your mind, we, we turn to these verses and we remind ourselves that we are secure in Christ. Why? Because God has chosen me. We're chosen, also predestined to be sons. See, what's the highest privilege that you could ever have? It's to be a child of God. God did not make some snap decision to adopt you in that moment that you believed. But before this world began, he saw you as his child. He watched over your life. He planned the events to bring you into relationship with the Father. Have you ever wondered what moved God to, to choose me? Simply, simply his own pleasure, his sovereign will. Listen, your salvation is certain because he chose you. It's not about, it's not about you. It's all, it's all about him. And then Paul finally finishes in, the, in these few verses in, in Ephesians in verse 6 with the goal of all of these blessings. He writes, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Listen, if all of the other verses are wonderful, and they are, this one deserves to be read the loudest. Listen, God's ultimate goal was not that you would be saved, but to bring praise and to bring glory to his name. Why did God do all of this for us? Why salvation and redemption? Why is he poured out his grace? Listen, we are saved to the praise and to the glory of his grace. God chose, he preordained the church before the foundations of this world so that, that no human being could ever boast in anything of themselves. They cannot take glory for themselves, but that all glory might be his. If you want to boast, you boast in the Lord. Boast in him. See, salvation is not God. It's not us doing our little bit and then God doing his little bit. <laughs> he did it all. He did it all. And the ultimate reason that exists is the glory of his grace. That's, that's why we were created. God's grace through Jesus' death on the cross is the very pinnacle of his glory. That is why everything that we do as Christians should be done for the glory of God. And so we must never lose sight of this. It applies to the church in Corinth, and it applies to the church here in Chester. All that you receive from God 
is a gift. He sought you out. He called you. He has chosen you. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you, listen to this, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. He is the giver. From that moment, the Holy Spirit began to work in your life that you were convicted of your sin. From that first time that you met with Jesus, your encounter with Jesus was because he drew you and he called you. He knew you before this world began. Jesus graciously comes to us even though we do not deserve his presence. He meets us despite our sins. He pours out his spirit. He equips us with spiritual gifts, not because we've earned it, but because of his sacrifice for us on the cross. Listen, you may feel unworthy. You may feel worthless. Maybe you identify with the Corinthians and you know that there are things in your life that just don't honor God at the moment. Maybe you're battling with temptation. Maybe you battle with some form of habitual sin. You may may even feel alone in this world and you think that you've got nothing to offer. Listen, there is hope in Jesus. Because it's not about you or what you can do. It's about what Jesus has done on the cross and what his spirit can do through you. And God God takes what is just insignificant and he makes it significant. He takes what seems weak and he makes it powerful. He calls the poor, the powerless, those that are looked down and are and, and, and he lifts them up to a place of, of honor with Christ. He takes the man or the woman who are wasting their lives, who, who seem to have lost everything, and he sees the potential in them. God looks on you with all of your faults, with all of your insecurities, with your bad habits, with your feelings, and he sees the potential in you. He sees you as a great man a great woman of God. The person who by faith has heard and has responded to the call of God and encountered him will be changed. Only only an encounter with Jesus will transform your life. He is the only sure foundation that you can build on. But as you do, you will discover that he gives more than you deserve. When God breaks into your life by his spirit, he changes you. And listen, this this is always personal. You can't live by somebody else's faith or through somebody else's anointing. You need to know God for yourself. So you need Jesus Christ. He is the only way to God. Paul says somewhere (laughs) that there is one mediator between God and man. And Jesus came down from heaven to earth for us. God in Jesus humbled himself and he became a man through his death on the cross and through his resurrection. He makes peace between God and us. Because of our sin, we are separated from God. But the answer, the answer is not to work harder, try a little bit harder. You need to repent earnestly to turn from your sin and turn to Jesus. And listen, if you give him your sin, he gives you his forgiveness and his righteousness. He removes your sin. 
Jesus is the only one who reconciles you to God. He calls you, he chose you, and he loves you. So how will you respond? You must choose to follow him. The challenge of Corinthians is to be a serious call about the call to follow Jesus together. But more than that is to see, is to see the world from, a, from an eternal perspective, is to understand how God brought about your salvation and then together to discover how to work that out in a community of believers. It is to be constantly reminding ourselves and to be encouraged by the truth that God is faithful. And even when you feel the trials and the temptations that you face just seem too great, you need to remember that you can rely completely on him. He is God and he is good. And when you feel the pressure build and you want to isolate and you want to run away, and we all do it, Remind yourselves that you're called by Jesus to live as a community of believers together. We are called to be local church. Maybe we're messed up. Probably we are. <laughs> but we're called to be a group of believers together. We are, are established and we grow in our faith by being committed to Christ and to the church where God has placed us, where he has called us to be. Let's stand. Let's pray together just. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that, that you have called us to put our faith in you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I want to thank you this morning for my righteousness, for my holiness, for my redemption. It's not because I deserve any of it, nor do any of us, Lord, but we thank you that you've given us this wonderful gift, this wonderful blessing. And Lord, we pray, Lord, make us willing to be challenged. Make us willing to be changed by your word and by your spirit. Why don't you just take a moment? Just remind yourself. Some of you just needed to hear that this morning. I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's no accident that you're here. It's no accident that this happens to be the bit we're, we're preaching on. Just to be reminded that God is faithful. Just receive that from him. You're loved by him, chosen by him. Just respond to that in your heart right now. We're going to just sing just, just another song as we, we bring things to a close. I want to encourage you, if you, want, if you do want prayer for anything, do come and, and catch myself or Dave or Kumbalani or Matt at the end. And, uh, and of course, there are others around as well who... We'd just love to pray with you.
But as we just bring our worship once again to God, just, just do it with a sense of joy, just knowing who you are in Christ. And maybe you have messed up, but why not bring and ask God to come and just bring forgiveness, bring cleansing. That's what he does. His grace is enough for you this morning. So receive it. <laughs>